Welcome to Women on the Line, a national women's current affairs program providing a gender analysis of contemporary issues from Australia and internationally. I'm Giselle Hanna. On today's show, we look at the protest movement that has erupted in India in response to the regressive Modi government's anti-Muslim laws. India's Hindu supremacist BJP government has stepped up its state repression by ramming through a reactionary Citizenship Amendment Act in early December 2019. The law grants Indian citizenship to non-Muslim immigrants from Pakistan, Bangladesh and Afghanistan, but denies that right to Muslims from any country in South Asia. Immigrants from other countries in the region, including Tamils from Sri Lanka and Rohingya from Myanmar, are also excluded. Workers, students and other parts of civil society have been protesting since November last year in an effort to defeat the legislation. And protests are continuing, with a nationwide general strike on the 8th of January bringing tens of millions of workers to the streets. In Shaheen Bagh, a neighbourhood in South Delhi, some 200 women have been holding a permanent protest camp for over a month and vow not to be moved until the law is lifted. Joining me on the program today to discuss the Citizenship Amendment Act of India, its implications for communal violence and the growing protest movement in opposition to it, I'm joined by Shivani Kool, who starts off this interview by introducing herself. Hi, I'm Shivani and I'm from India. Uh, I'm from a political party called Revolutionary Workers Party of India. And I'm a spokesperson of RWPI. And I'm also active with many trade unions in India. So, of course, the purpose of our conversation today is the very, very regressive and um, chauvinist Citizenship Amendment Act. Can you start off by telling us what is the Citizenship Amendment Act? Citizenship Amendment Act has been recently passed by the Parliament of India. Uh, Earlier it was a proposed bill, but in December last year, the government uh, passed Uh, this act and now it's a full-blown law in India and for the first time in the history of independent India religion has been made a criteria for granting citizenship ostensibly the act talks about giving uh, citizenship to all those persecuted minorities who are from either uh, Pakistan Afghanistan and Bangladesh Uh, But uh, on the other hand, it also excludes Muslims, uh, that Muslims do not form part of these, uh, you know, persecuted minorities. So uh, it's blatantly discriminatory. It's uh, totally divisive. And it's uh, actually uh, even going against the tenets of bourgeois democratic, uh, you know, constitutional framework in India. So for the first time, uh, such a massive, uh, you know, a discriminatory law has been passed. 
basically makes religion as a uh, as a ground for granting citizenship uh, to people but the fear is that it's not the actual object of the law because many agencies of government have said that even if going by the very various provisions of this uh, act uh, hardly 31000 people will find place register even if all the uh, procedures are followed so uh, i believe that the real intent in passing this amendment in passing this law uh, is is totally different and not that you know government is very much bothered about persecuted minorities and in 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 those uh, terms they talk about hindus they talk about sikh they talk about uh, jains buddhists parsis but not muslims but that is uh, on the face of it you'll see that it's dis- discriminatory but the real intent lies somewhere else and totally a discriminatory and divisive law so why is it why has it been introduced and not just why has it been introduced why has it been introduced now what is it about the current political context of india that this is being introduced now this is a very pertinent question going by the political context in which this act is being uh, this amendment is being introduced uh, because uh, i just want to clarify that it's not that for the first time some amendment has been made to the citizenship act in india the original act dates back to 1955 and there have been many uh, amendments but for the first time religion has been made into a ground and it also goes with the kind of hindutva fascist communal fascist politics of current uh, regime and the same government in 2003 uh had actually discussed all these things that you know they will introduce religion as a ground for citizenship they will also introduce a national register for citizens and uh during the current uh, lok sabha elections the elections that were held in uh, last may one of the planks one of the electoral promises that the modi government the bjp made that time was that they are going to amend the citizenship act so now on the face of it it's true that the act is anti muslim it's anti uh, 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 secular tenets whatever you know secularism is there in the indian constitution but it's also uh, you know important to know that muslims will be the direct victims of any such drive whether it's through caa or whether it will be through nrc national register of citizen but most of the hindus will also you know land up in any such exercise on this list because uh, most of the people in india who are poor who are from working class background who are dalits and mostly women also they do not have their documents in place and government has said that all other documents beat aadhar which is a unique identification number uh, be it voter id card they are not you know uh, important and they won't be considered so uh, most of the people from other religious backgrounds who are poor and who do not have connections and uh, you know uh, uh, 
who who are actually vulnerable who are oppressed sections of the society will end up being part of such an exercise secondly all those who are a thorn in the eyes of current regime all sort of political opposition all those people who are against the policies of government beat uh, regarding employment beat regarding education beat regarding the current economic slowdown anyone who has got questions uh, uh, needs to fear because they are going to be you know on those lists because they are the ones who will decide that you are the citizen of this country and we know uh, they are in control of every single machinery of state right now so i think every right minded person every sane individual every conscientious individual must fear the consequences of such an exercise because it's not only muslims who are going to be you know uh, Uh, made part of any such list but everyone who is raising questions against this government so the immediate reason seems to be to divert the attention from all that which is going on in country right now right now india is reeling under tremendous economic slowdown the unemployment rate is high uh, and right today also new figures have come up which says that 4.8% unemployment rate right now in country and uh, you know automobile sector garment sector the economy is in shambles students all around the country they are protesting against fee hike against uh, you know cut in uh, all sorts of uh, 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 you know uh, reliefs given to students they are on streets uh, so i think the current regime wants to divert attention from all these issues but i'm not saying it's only a uh, you know a ploy to divert the attention they we know you know bjp rss we know they hate muslims we know they want to turn this nation this country into a hindu rashtra hindu nation uh, that is part and parcel of their agenda but the uh, the reasons are uh, you know uh, there for everybody to see the underlying cause is that right now this government is at its unpopular best uh everybody all those people who were actually praising the government a couple of years back even they are questioning its policies so uh, i believe that there are many reasons why the current regime has introduced this bill at the present time but all those people who believe that you know they are not going to be at the receiving and they must reconsider because it's not only anti muslim it's anti working class it's anti women it's anti poor it's anti dalit uh, and it's anti you know any sort of political opposition so everybody needs to be cautious everybody needs to be wary of the fact that uh, the uh, this this entire exercise is going to be very problematic it needs to be countered tooth and nail 
Well, you've mentioned a lot of people that are likely to be targeted um, by the amendments to the Citizenship Act and particularly the practices involved in enforcing it. Um, amongst the groups that you mentioned, obviously, were the um, the Muslims. And I, I don't want to focus on the Muslims at the detriment of the other groups that you mentioned, but I do think there are some particular um uh, specificities to do we, with that because we know that Modi, for example, is a long-standing Hindu chauvinist. He's implicated in the Gujarat pogrom of 2002. Uh, in my view, this was a very significant event. Um, uh, I don't think many of our listeners know or remember that event and I wondered if you could explain it briefly but also tell me if you think that the Hindu chauvinism is particularly relevant in relation to the Citizenship Amendment Act. Uh, I, I think it is because uh, this uh, fascist regime is actually dictated by what RSS uh, says and RSS, all of us know, is a fascist organization and their chief plank is, you know, Hindutva. And by Hindutva, they never meant Hinduism, but yes, they're, they're, they have an idea of what this country, what this, in their eyes, what this nation should be like. And Muslims don't, even if they do, uh, exercises like CAA and NRC will reduce them into second-class citizens uh, of this country. And that's what uh, RSS and BJP are actually aiming at. Way back in 2002, uh, their principal laboratory of Hindutva politics uh, was, you know, uh, there. And huge programs against Muslims uh, were implemented. And I think everyone... Uh, of us who who believes that uh, fascism is to be countered, it also needs to be countered on their uh, anti-Muslim agenda. And I believe that 2002 and after 2002, there have been many such major events. For example, riots were held in Muzaffarpur. Riots were held in many Muslim-dominated neighborhoods of Delhi. What happened currently in AMU? Aligarh Muslim University, which has got many Muslim students, and in Jamia Milia Islamia University, which again has got many Muslim students, speaks volumes about the uh, Hindutva chauvinist and you know Hindu nationalist politics of BJP and RSS uh, together. So uh, uh, I'm not saying that there, uh, you know, uh, uh, you can say. Clear-cut targets are Muslims. They are definitely there. But in order to uh, mount a viable uh, you know, counter to BJP's politics, the protest and the uh, you know, opposition needs to be more than Muslims. And that's how you can counter them. Because they want to turn it into a Hindu versus Muslim issue. And that's what they have been wishing for. Because they thought that, okay, uh, you know, uh, CAA is actually anti-Muslim and apart from Muslims, nobody else will be bothered. But that, that's not true. Everybody who is on the streets are not only Muslims. They are from other religious groups. They are from other sections also. And this is one of the slaps in their faces because that's not what they expected. And uh, uh, as, as one living in India, I can 
clearly say that right now they're also on sort of a back foot because they uh, are fumbling in their words they are fumbling in their messages they are sending across that you know uh, uh, it's not going to affect anyone living in this country this is meant for those who have been related but that's not you know paying any dividends so it's true that uh, the law in itself is anti muslim which totally goes with what bjp rss politics is all about but uh, the counter that needs to be built the opposition that needs to be built should not be restricted to any one religious identity it should cut across religious identities and that's what rss bjp actually fear and uh, and that answer should actually be given to them well the commu- i mean you talked a lot of examples of the communal violence there there's an uh, um- expression of that that I'm particularly interested in because I know there have been some incidents of some attacks on abattoirs and I wondered if you could explain what the significance of these attacks has been particularly in relation to Hindu chauvinism. So uh, uh, last time when BJP came to power in 2014 they made a, a big uh, hullabaloo about beef and uh, about cows and all how holy cows are in hindu religion and uh, they actually uh, made it a point to uh, turn it into a divisive issue the beef eating and we know there are many people who practice all sort of eating uh, uh, practices and uh, not only muslims but you know in in places like northeastern india in kerala people from other religions also they 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 are beef eaters but uh, bjp actually and rss actually they were trying to turn it into a very volatile uh, situation by making it a point that you know those who are eating beef are actually anti hindu and they uh, uh, they they were in a way successful in launching attacks on not only abattoirs but also people who were just you know uh, traveling uh, somewhere who anybody thought that might be carrying beef they were attacked and there were mob lynchings also in the name of beef in the name of cow and uh, uh, you know couple of years uh, for example in 2016 17 18 many such uh, uh lynchings came to focus and we know because entire state machinery has been fascistized and has been turned uh in the fashion of what rss and bjp wants it to be not you know not much came uh, out of all the protests that that were held because judiciary bureaucracy they uh, did not do any sort of justice and uh, bob lynchings Uh, along with the attacks on uh, you know abattoirs this happened and uh, this was basically to divide the people on religious lines and in a way bjp also succeeded to an extent it's it's actually coming to them as a shock the current protests that are happening across india because they have done away with article 370 they Uh, the supreme court passed a judgment of on ayodhya on babri masjid and no protest was there 
but this caa nrc thing has actually uh, came as a surprise to all the fascists in in india right now because they never expected it so it's not that bjp was not mounting attacks on minorities uh, particularly muslims in uh, you know in the way of uh, attacking their practices be it eating practices be it religious practices be it cultural practices bjp was doing it all along and uh, not uh, you know much opposition could be seen in past few years this is for the first time that such a big opposition is there such a big protest is uh, there so you are true that Uh, this totally goes with their hindu nationalist politics their uh, hindutva fascist politics and there were many such attacks and they had given free rein to most of these mobs who are like foot soldiers of hindutva fascism in india uh, and they were running a mock on streets they were attacking they were even killing with impunity anyone they thought was you know uh, not fitting in the bill so this happened uh, but yes uh, the i think for all that has happened in past 6 years the current protests are a huge answer and i believe that these current protests are not act only against ca nrc it's against all the injustices that have been done in past 6 years in particular well there is a global um a sentiment of um rising against uh governments rising against repression if we link many of the things that are happening across the world some right wing movements some left wing movements what we can actually say and also coupled i guess with um climate change and the and the struggles against climate change there is that sentiment of um of of rising against a system that oppresses us and and some politicized people have a a word for that which is well, global capitalism imperialism other less sophisticated movements may not directly describe what they're doing as anti-capitalist would you yeah. would you characterize the protests even though the protests in india right now are directed towards the citizenship amendment act would you characterize them at all as anti-capitalist at this point uh i won't say uh, at this point they can be characterized as anti-capitalist but surely as anti-fascist but i believe there is an element of uh, uh truth Uh, what you said uh, as far as the current protests in india are concerned because as i pointed out whatever uh, the policies that you know bjp did in the past 6 years uh, which led to massive unemployment which uh, led to massive retrenchments which led to massive job losses in india and also you know all the paraphernalia that comes along with it uh, even though the mo- movement might not be conscious of the fact that they are actually questioning government on other issues which you know can be characterized as uh, capitalist policies followed by the government the movement itself is not conscious of it but there is an element of it there uh, it surely is but other thing that i want to point out because uh, as you rightly pointed out jessel throughout uh the world right now there are uprisings and it's a welcome change uh because you know all those things that were thought to be 
invincible they are being challenged so that's a welcome change but i also believe that and uh, in that sense i'll bring the current protests in india to the foreground uh, they have more an element of spontaneity in them so these are not very conscious movements that are actually uh, you know challenging the anti capitalism or anti fascism not consciously but spontaneously what is happening is this that you know all uh, policies are being brought in the dock so i believe that uh, what right now the movement uh, lacks in in india uh, particularly is this element of consciousness is an element of leadership is an element of vanguard and in in that regard uh, uh, that would be one of the limitations of the current movement because to sustain it for a long time then becomes a big issue big problem because how to sustain it because everywhere protests are happening but there is no coordination so to speak there is no there is a thread joining them but there is no concerted and organic and organized effort so i believe that that would remain a challenge that would remain a limitation of the movements but as far as you know challenging the fascist uh, fascist policies of the current regime and in general fascism the movement has been a big step forward but uh, you know all the progressive and revolutionary forces in the india as well as across the globe will have to think and devise ways in which to lend more consciousness to these movements to make them more political to make them you know uh, actually uh, uh, not only a protest uh, but a sustained movement against capitalism in general because uh, as we know fascism cannot be spoken uh, you know in the context in the context apart from capitalism fascism and capitalism go hand in hand uh, but i think the movement needs to be uh, made more conscious and made more uh, uh, organic in that sense in the coming days and that's what is one of the limitations right now you've been listening to shivani cool discussing the citizenship amendment act of india its implications for communal violence and the growing protest movement in opposition to it and that's all we have time for on today's program of women on the line Women on the Line is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR. The show is funded by the Community Radio Foundation and distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can email us at womenonthelinegmail.com. You can also download our podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Follow the links to the Women on the Line page where you'll find all of our previous programs. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week.